What's up, everybody? My name's Zach, and I am your fiery friend. And this is episode number 59 of the show, and it's my fifth monologue episode through Fiery Friends history. It's always fun to do these little these little snippets where I just kind of come with you guys, and I talk about one of my passions that, um, that I just love to share about when Dan isn't around, and I love when Dan can be here for the show. And we're doing. We're gonna have an awesome show tomorrow. We're going to be doing the baby boy name bracket, trying to decide the best name to give to a baby boy. It's gonna be really cool. We have a stellar panel booked with Ellie being on for the first time this season. We have our friend Hannah, not Hannah Steiner, but a new Hannah. It's gonna be on the show for the first time, and there is a very high possibility we might have our friend Cisco on the show as well. So two amazing new little coals coming live tomorrow as we do fiery friends 60 60 episodes crazy that we've done 20 since the season started already and dan's gonna be married off real soon everything's going to be crazy um as he moves to that new chapter of life and we go into the off season um with summer approaching it's pretty wild um but anyways so if you guys are new to the podcast or if you have not heard my previous monologue episodes i highly suggest them all the first one is episode 16 where i ranked the disney animated classics all 59 disney movies at the time encanto wasn't out yet but i think i'd probably put encanto in like the top 20 30 area somewhere in there it's like top half but like just barely um but it is a good movie i i enjoyed it but yeah you can listen to me go through i watched all 59 disney movies and ranked them for three hours it was so much fun and I kind of would totally do it again if somebody wanted to do it with me, but it's so fun and and it's just so cool to see all the Jesus connections in those movies. So highly recommend listening to that one. And my second monologue was I did a retrospective on our fearless followers Bible study in episode 26, which was really fun to just look back on everything God did in that Bible study. Then in episode 34, I went and I told the story behind all of my first seven songs on my Foundations album on Spotify under my artist name from him and for him that was really cool to just go and tell the stories behind those songs then my last monologue was episode 42 where i told um just 12 stories of ywam remembrance of different things that god did in my time with youth with a mission and now here we are with our fifth monologue episode episode 59 and this one's probably the least deep of those five episodes because today all we're about to talk about is just why in heck did I go and see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in theaters seven times, right? Because I've been like posting about this on Instagram for the last month and a half that I have gone and seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie, in theaters seven times. And you guys might be wondering, bro, what is it about this movie that you wanted to go see it seven times? That's a lot of times to see one movie in theaters. And I would tell you, yeah, that is a lot of times to see one movie in theaters, but I just, I was really encapsulated the first time and I had so many friends who wanted to see the movie and it just felt like something that I wanted to just keep going back to again and again and again, because this movie really is just like a real love letter to Sonic fans, to people who grew up as fans of Sonic the Hedgehog and like Sonic growing up for me was like, he was one of my favorite video game characters, right? He was never my favorite. Like I was mainly Pokemon and Mario were like my top two franchises, but like the few Sonic games I played were really, really fun. Like Sonic Adventure 2 was like the main one that I had the most fun with and the Chow Garden and the story mode and all that good stuff. And I've just always loved Sonic as a character. I also watched the Sonic TV show, Sonic X growing up. And 
the cool thing about the Sonic movie too is like the lore behind it is like when this movie was first announced back in like 2019 or whatever, like the trailers made it look terrible. Like it looked like it was going to be the worst movie of all time because they had this terrible design of Sonic where Sonic looked like a chipmunk or something like he had this really really ugly face and everyone was like this is about to be the worst video game movie ever and that's another thing is like historically video game movies have been known to be really really terrible like if you go back to like the super mario bros movie from like the 1980s or 90s or whenever that came out like it's one of the worst movies of all time like with how they portray mario and bowser and goombas and all that stuff it's super trippy it's not like faithful to the games at all and that's how most video game movies tend to be. But the Sonic movie tends, like, it actually, like, sticks pretty well to the, what the games establish about Sonic. And the things that it changes, it changes and it makes it compelling. It makes it work together really, really well. So this first Sonic movie was good. Like, it was a good movie, but it was mostly about establishing Sonic as a character. He's just, like, this kid who wants to go fast and doesn't have a lot of family, doesn't have a lot of friends. He doesn't know where he belongs in the world. Um, and it was also to establish Eggman as this villain who's this scientist who just wants to be powerful and have control and, you know, to have his inventions go big and stuff like that. And so that first movie ends with Sonic defeating Eggman and getting adopted by this human family um, of these this couple named Tom and Maddie. And Tom and Maddie are like this really, really awesome couple. Um, Tom is just this cop who he was going to get a new job to like move to San Francisco but then he decides to stay in his hometown of Green Hills, North Dakota, I think it is. And then his wife, Maddie, is just like a super encouraging wife. And then they also have Maddie's sister, Rachel, um, which they steal her car and tie her to a chair to help Sonic in the first movie, too. So those are like kind of like the main plot points from the first movie that carried to the second one. But the second movie really is where it starts to feel like a video game movie. Because the first movie feels like it's a human movie where Sonic just kind of exists there, right? But then... In this follow-up movie, you have the um, the expansion of the lore. So, like, now where it's like, okay, now we're bringing in Tails. Now we're bringing in Knuckles. Now Eggman's lost his mind on the Mushroom Planet. And we're finally at a point where we can go deeper into these characters. And we can go deeper into the world building. And so th that's, like, a big thing that I really love about this movie. But then what I also love about the Sonic movie, too, is that it just, like, has some very, very relatable themes that, like, pretty much anyone can connect to. And I really like how they use the movie to paint Sonic as a kid. Because, like, thinking about Sonic when you are a kid, you think he's, like, this really cool dude, like, who you can look up to. But then, like, now, like, watching the Sonic movie as an adult and seeing Sonic, like, painted as this kid who still doesn't have everything figured out, still has a lot to learn and wants to, like, make a difference in the world, wants to be a hero, wants to have his moment, um, but he is going about it the wrong way, and he is not very patient because he's, you know, he's the speed guy, he's the guy who wants to do everything fast, um, but the beauty of life is that sometimes the most beautiful things come in the waiting, and it comes in just waiting for that moment when you are supposed to rise up and to come to your calling and like specifically in my life it it, it was really relevant because like so i went to the sonic movie seven times like i said earlier and the first time i went i actually just went by myself because i was going to go with friends on premiere night but i was just like i need to see this movie on premiere night because i don't care if i go alone so the first run of the movie i went i went by myself and the storyline of sonic being this kid who just wants to have his moment like empathize something i empathize with a lot because Right now in my current season of being at home after YWAM, like the past two months, like 
I've really wanted to just launch into stuff. Like, that's kind of where my heart was at originally. Like, right after I finished missions, like, this discipleship training school, I wanted to just, like, okay, now I want to start launching my own missions work, right? And I had my whole website set up. I was like, I'm going to start the Lord Remembers Ministry, which is the ministry I wanted to start. And I had this whole heart of just, like, I just want to be a hero. I want to start helping people. I want to start doing everything I can to bring the kingdom of God, like, in this very moment. But... But this watching this movie so many times has just continually affirmed to me is that like, you know, sometimes the moment where you want to go and be the hero isn't the moment where you're needed to be the hero exactly quite yet. And I think that's what I've been learning a lot in this last two months of waiting and watching the Sonic movie every week is just like there's so much beauty in that waiting and there's so much beauty in waiting for that moment to come. And then like the other thing that gets really early explained in this Sonic movie sequel is that you know, Sonic, he learns that being a true hero isn't just about, like, you know, being, like, awesome yourself and, like, raising yourself up on this pedestal of, like, I'm awesome, but instead it's, like, layering yourself down almost and, like, being willing to sacrifice yourself for somebody else, and we see Sonic do that later in the movie when he ends up saving Knuckles and they're drowning and all that stuff, which I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm, I'm not really going to give a whole plot synopsis of the entire movie here, because, like, I honestly don't want to spoil the movie for people too much. Like, I would say, like, you guys should just go watch it. I mean, I probably shouldn't have mentioned Sonic and Knuckles Drowning because that's kind of one of the big plot points of the movie. But there you go. Besides that, go watch the movie. Honestly, like, I'll just stop here and say it's a really good movie. It communicates this theme of what does it look like to be a true hero really, really well. And, it, and it's something that can translate into your life as you begin to ask yourself, like, um, like you may want to be a hero, but how do you do that in a way that isn't just doing it because you want to be a hero, but it's doing it because you want to really support other people and you want to come alongside them and you want to take responsibility for people that, you know, it's not your responsibility to care for them, but you're going to make it your responsibility to care for them because you just want to be like that loving, you know? So anyways, that's just kind of like a little bit of an introduction. Okay. Now I'm going to spoil everything. So go watch the movie if you haven't seen it, but anyways, so so Tails comes into the movie, and Tails growing up was one of my favorite Sonic characters of all time, because with Tails, um, like, I just, growing up, I just always felt like a sidekick, generally speaking, and Tails is just, like, one of the most amazing supportive sidekicks of all time, and, like, the insecurities he has in the movie, where he talks about, you know, growing up, he was always made fun of for his two tails, and, like, that might seem like something small to a lot of people, like, oh, you just have two tails, like, that's not a big deal, but I honestly feel like that's kind of, like, where the things I was made fun of for come from too. Cause like I was really not made fun of for a lot of like big reasons, but like I was made fun of for smaller stuff. Like, Oh, like, like when I was a kid, I was made fun of for just the things I was interested in. Like, Oh, like you like girls TV shows or you like to sing and all the other boys like sports and like things like that. And so like, I was always just kind of made fun of an outcast for, little things like that so i can empathize the tales like you know where some people might look at him and just be like okay like you have two tails like who cares if people judge you for that it's not a big deal but like it it feels like a big deal like those little things that people tease you for and then i also love how tails like is encouraged by sonic because you see sonic is like this weirdo who doesn't have any friends and then he's like i'm also a weirdo who doesn't have any friends and they like bond over that and that's kind of Another real reason I love the Sonic movie is, like, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles are all super weird. Like, they're all, like, super weird characters that are super just 
out there and they all have their own quirks and things that make them super relatable but also like super like bizarre right and i think that as the person that i've grown up as like i've always felt like that kind of guy the guy who's like quirky and bizarre and like has relatable traits and weaknesses but that doesn't always fit in in every group and situation and i think that all of Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles really embody that really well in the way that each of them is kind of like their own little misfit. Like, it's this little band of misfits that come together to save um, to save the world, and it's it's incredible to see that. And really, the other theme of this movie is family, and that's what family is at the end of the day. It's like, it's a bunch of misfits coming together and being united under a love for one another. And that's also, I would say, what even, like, the body of Christ is about, is it's about this family of misfits, this family of people who are all broken and messed up coming together and being united with one another um, to bring God's kingdom and to save the world from evil. And it's it's super cool, like, just the parallels and the connections you can make in that. Um, so that that's another really big thing that just super um, touched me in regard to the movie. Um, I also really like the humor like i okay so i will say the humor is hit or miss right there are some there are some jokes that are really really funny and they land like every single time you listen to them like like when knuckles does like the dot 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 thing or like the stairs like oh these are stairs like he thinks he's gonna beat up eggman and then he just finds out he's trying to make him stairs like it's just funny um but then there's other jokes like sometimes i feel like the weakest jokes in the movie are all from Eggman like after watching it seven times like there are some times where he just monologues about nothing and it's just like okay can you just shut up but I guess that's how we're supposed to feel because he's evil and you kind of like you want to get annoyed at the villain so I think they made him purposely annoying it's almost like too annoying at times but it feels true to the character of Eggman because Eggman's supposed to be annoying and crazy so I can see how it works but also at sometimes I'm just like okay this is a little annoying but for the most part, the humor is like gold. There's a lot of really awesome moments where you can just laugh and you can really enjoy what they're doing and the way that they're portraying the characters. Um, so yeah, overall, I would say that is really cool. And then um, I think that the other moment that I really wanted to talk about in terms of something that I love is the moment after knuckles is drowning and then sonic saves him and then sonic's drowning and knuckles saves him and they just save each other from drowning in the temple after eggman betrays knuckles and and that's just like a really well done scene too because knuckles like has just such an innocence about him um but i think that it's really cool how um how you can just see the pain and you can see the betrayal that he faced and just how broken he is over that and and even just earlier in the snow scene where knuckles and sonic they have that deep powerful moment sharing like okay like we lost everything on the same day but we were on opposite sides of this war like that's a storyline that you can see in a lot of fiction that there's that's a pretty common thing where they'll have like two people who are on like opposite sides of a war that when they find out that oh like we both lost people on our different sides of the war but maybe we can come together that's kind of like the the arc that sonic and knuckles go through in this movie and it's beautiful to see but then i love when Sonic saves Knuckles and they're having that conversation about it that Knuckles says to Sonic hey like Sonic like we both lost everything and 
yet you seem hopeful. Like, even though you've lost everything and you failed again and again and again and again and again and again, like, this is the line that he says. He says, you just keep failing again and again and again and again and again. And Sonic's like, I didn't fail that much. But but the, the idea is that, like, that you can take a diff- like people can take different approaches to failures and to loss in their life. Like they can take the knuckles approach where it just leads to pent up anger and rage and frustration and just like wanting revenge and wanting to like bring justice to the difficult situation that you went through and just have that bitterness and anger rise up in you forever and feel alone and feel like you have to fight for yourself because of the betrayals that you've faced or you can have that Sonic heart to it where it's like, okay, Sonic lost everything and he was left alone and he like, he could have had that same anger and rage, but instead he found a new family. And, and that's really, that's really, I think another really beautiful parallel to how you can connect this movie to the body of Christ and that, you know, everybody goes through stuff. Everybody loses people. Everybody has hard situations and it's how people deal with those situations that determines the people who are, you know, a part of a new family and the people that just like drive themselves to insanity and suicide and, and hopelessness and just never come back from that depression because they don't look at things with that heart of like, Hey, like I can find a new family. There can be a new beginning. I failed again and again and again and again, but I'm going to try again and again and again and again and keep going. And the way that Sonic does that and juxtapose, juxtaposes to Knuckles who doesn't, and then eventually inspires Knuckles to do that too and welcomes him into the family, I think is such a beautiful picture of what we can do for people in the body of Christ. Like how Sonic invites Knuckles into the body or into his family, even after Knuckles was the guy who was trying to kill him and betray him. Like that stuff is absolutely pristinely so relatable to the body of Christ and to the way that we can love others as Christians. And so that's my favorite. My favorite line of the movie is just the scene where where Sonic, like he reaches his hand out to Knuckles and he just says, you don't have to be alone anymore. And like, you know, you look at the screen and like, it feels like Sonic saying that to you. Like he's saying that to every person in the audience, like you don't have to be alone anymore. And I know that like, as a kid, that would have hit me so deep because as a kid, like I was the kid who was alone and like felt, you know, annoyed and raged at times because of the way people teased me and treated me like, I wasn't a violent type like Knuckles, so I didn't go beat anybody up. But like, you know, I was I was very discouraged. I was very, um, I was very in need of somebody to be like Sonic in that moment and just like reach out a hand and say like, hey, you don't have to be alone anymore. Because like I at times growing up, I felt like I had to be alone. I felt like I needed to fight through my battles um, by myself because it didn't feel like there was anyone who would be there for me. And that's a very real thing that people go through, and you see it happen in this movie. Um, you know, in Sonic, Tails and Knuckles, they all came from these backgrounds of being alone, but then these people who were once alone come together and they find hope. And that's really the heart of my entire ministry, even like, like when I do launch my Lord Remembers ministry someday, that's what I want it to be about is I want it to be about, let's take these people who, you know, might feel forgotten and feel like they're set aside or feel like they are independent and they don't have community and let's make a community out of us and let's make a group that remembers like, Hey, God cares about each one of us. And he adopted each of us into his family. And therefore we can adopt one another into this corporate community that comes together and helps each other work through the brokenness that we face and helps us to overcome and to become who we've been made to be 
so that we can walk out our destiny as heroes and we can use each of our strengths. And another one of my favorite scenes is near the end of the movie when Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, they gather and they have this corporate discussion about how they're going to defeat Eggman. And Sonic says, like, hey, we can't do it alone. Like, you know, I'm not going to be good enough alone. Tails isn't good enough. Knuckles not good enough alone. Everybody individual um, gifting wasn't enough to defeat the evil. But instead, they had to take all their giftings. And Sonic says, I need... I have my speed, Tails has his smarts, Knuckles has his strength, and with the strength and the smarts and the speed all together, that's how they defeat the enemy. And it's in the same way that like the church works as a body, and we have all of our different spiritual gifts, right? We have some people who operate maybe more in prophecy, and some people who maybe operate more in healing, or some people who operate more in teaching. And you have all these different gifts, and this is biblical, it's literally in 1 Corinthians, um, which we talked about in episode 54 with Austin, if you want to go listen to that. But... Um, but yeah, it's all over the Bible, this idea that the gifts, when they come together, is how we defeat the enemy, how we are able to operate best as a church. And if the body isn't operating well, like things don't work. Like at the beginning of the fight, you see that Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles are all doing their own thing, and they just completely fall apart. Like none of their attacks are doing anything. But that's the moment where they work together, and they come up with this beautiful scheme where Sonic's like, okay, I'll be the distraction. And Tails is like, I'll be the other distraction. And Knuckles is like, I'll punch him in the chest and knock the emerald out of him. Like it's just, it's so well done. And it just brings it all together in this beautiful way that just gives you that picture in your head where it's like, okay, wow, like, you know, when we come together as a group of misfits, we can do so much for the kingdom of God and all of the gifts that we have that might make people think we're weirdos. Like this is, this is like, I like to call it the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer principle. Cause once upon a time I preached a sermon about this and how Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like the thing he was made fun of was his shiny nose, right? And his shiny nose, like everybody was like, you're a loser for your shiny nose. But his shiny nose was the same thing that saved the day in the end when he learned to use it for what it was meant to be used for. And in the same way like Sonic's made fun of for being this speedy dude like Tails made fun of for like being a nerd and like Knuckles is you know he's alone even with his strength like they all have their own things but like all of them come together and these things that make them look like weirdos to the world are the same things that make them heroes in the battle or in our sense like the things that we might have as spiritual gifts like people might think oh you're a freak for having that but like as we embrace it and we learn to use it the way that God intended for us to, then we're able to walk out our destiny and we're able to be who he's made us to be. And it's just so incredible. And like, ah, see, like, and this is why I love the Sonic movie. Like, you know, some people might be just like, oh, you're a video game nerd and you just like this movie because you're a nerd and you played Sonic when you were a kid. And like, and, I, and that's like half of it. Right. But, but I never really like any media unless there's a message. And I think what makes this movie way better than the first Sonic movie is the message brings way deeper. Because, like, even the first Sonic movie, it had, like, a message about friendship and, like, oh, I'm not going to leave my family and stuff. Um, but, like, him bonding with these human characters didn't hit the same as him bonding with Tails and Knuckles because Tails and Knuckles were just written so well with their weaknesses and they were written so well with their flaws but also written so well with their strengths and the redemptive arcs that they went through. And you could see how each character played their part in the team's success. And so I think all things considered, um, I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, now, I think the other thing I would want to address briefly as we go into the rest of the movie is I would just want to talk about the two parts of the movie that most critics latch onto as the worst parts. Right. And so those are the dance scene and the wedding scene. And so the dance scene, 
I actually really like half of the dance scene, right? Because I think the dance scene is a really important part of the movie to establish Sonic and Tails' friendship. Because if you don't have that scene, Sonic and Tails don't have a reason to be connected like they are, right? And I think that the fact that they dance together and, like, they go through this bonding experience and it also exposes, like, how Tails found out about Sonic, which I think is a little questionable. Like, it is a little weird that Tails was just stalking him from another planet and just, like, you're so cool, I'm gonna go, like, warn you. But, like, it's also kind of endearing at the same time, even though it's weird. And, like, Tails is meant to be weird, right? Like, we're meant to see these characters as weirdos, but they're also meant to be endearing weirdos and people that you can connect with and be like, okay, like, you know, they're a little weird that way, but I can see how I might be a little weird that way, too, and, like, this kind of weird, relatable situation. And so, um, so yeah, so I think it's really cool how it expresses that they're both kind of outcasts and, and even, like, the beginning when they're dancing and they don't know what they're doing and they're falling over each other, like that's really relatable i do think like when they start dancing to uptown funk it's a questionable song choice like it's not like a very like i like it's a little cringy to listen to uptown funk in a sonic movie and it's also kind of weird how they can't dance and then all of a sudden uptown funk gives them magic dancing powers like as if that's the one song that they know how to dance to perfectly um but like it works like i i don't think the other thing about the Sonic movie is I don't think you're supposed to go into it too seriously. Like, I think you're supposed to go into it with this heart of, like, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to have fun, and I might get a deep message out, but, like, I didn't go in looking for the deep message. I was like, the deep message was a bonus that I got out of the Sonic movie, but I went in just wanting to have fun. And if you go in just wanting to have fun and don't think too deeply about it, like, you're going to have fun, even with these goofy moments like the dance scene and, like, the wedding scene, and then... It's, it's it's kind of just like this perfect amalgamation of everything like it has these deep moments these funny moments and some people might say that it's a little too all over the place because it really is like there are like it is like weird how they kind of transition from like a joke to like a deep moment like in the snap of a finger right and some people might think that's a little cringy that it that it changes tone as much as it does and the other thing that i would hear a lot about the sonic movie is that it is long it is a very long movie like there's probably like seven different episodes like that you could consider in this movie. Like there's the whole first act where Sonic's just being a goofball in his hometown. And then you have the second act where, you know, Knuckles is first confronting him and Tails and Eggman's returning. And then you have the third act where they're going to Siberia and you have the fourth act where they're like going to the wedding. And then you have the fifth act where they're at the temple and the sixth act. So it's like, there's so many different acts in this movie and each one of the acts, like some of them, like you probably could have chopped like 10 or you probably could have chopped like five minutes out of each act and cut like a half hour of the movie is what I'm saying. Cause like they, they, each act does go on for a really long time, but like if you're enjoying yourself and the experience, like it's not a problem that it's really long, but I, I have seen like some of the people I've gone to the movie with, like have been more engaged than others. Cause it is like a very, very long experience to sit through, especially if you have to go to the bathroom. Like I had to go to the bathroom on my seventh showing yesterday and it really gets hard to hold it like my friend jordan had to go the first time that we were watching it and like he was just trying to hold it till supersonic and, and that's another really cool moment is like when supersonic shows up like because you can understand about that from the games like how supersonic is like sonic's ultimate form and so watching that come together is just like this really cool moment where you just get really excited um but yeah all that to say like i think that the movie is is super good even though it has those flaws that people will point out about it being long and about it like changing tone a lot where there are like deep moments and funny moments and if you like both then you can enjoy it but if you're like somebody who likes to have just kind of instead of like a mixed bag of both like instead be like hey, i want to watch a funny movie or a deep movie i don't want to watch a movie that's trying to be everything um and i think that 
for me at least, I think that even though the Sonic movie tries to be everything, I think it succeeds well enough at it all that I, I still love it. Like, versus some people might look at it and be like, oh, it tried to be funny, but it also tried to be deep. It tried to do too much. It didn't get it all done right. But I think, I think it, for me, it hit, it hit, it hit really well. So that's that. Um, so that's kind of the dance scene. I also, I thought it was just really funny. The, the parts where like the goofy guys dancing and like when they first introduce that it's a dance battle, like it's super obnoxious and, and like, but the people I would bring to the movie, this is like a scene where people would laugh the most is like, just like this random, you know, guy with a tattoo of himself on his chest, like just starting to do this crazy dance in Siberia. It's, it's just so bizarre that it's great. And like the other so bizarre that it's great you know, arguably is the wedding and the fact that it's like this whole fake wedding where like everyone at the wedding is an agent. Like this is just super fun because you don't see it coming watching the movie for the first time. You're like, what the heck? Like this whole movie was a lot. Like this whole wedding was a lie. Like it's totally something that would only happen in a cartoon. But like one of my favorite parts is like when the guy like opens his Bible and there's a gun in the Bible. Like it's just like, it's so, it's so well-crafted to make you laugh and to make you engage and to make you have a good time that um that it's it's a part of the movie that like my friends tend to connect with the most like almost like i would say out of the seven showings like the times that would get the most like verbal reactions out of my friends was at this wedding scene and then like you see rachel driving in on the go-kart and smashing into the into the music and all that stuff and you know it, it's super fun and even though it seems again like it's another thing where you could argue, okay, like the tone of the movie changes way too much. Cause you go from this like really comedy driven wedding scene to like, okay, now we're moving back to deep stuff with Sonic and Knuckles. And so the tone does shift a lot, but I think that the tonal shifts also keep you on your toes and they can help you to stay engaged because you're like, okay, so like, you know, cause when something new happens, it gets your attention in a way. Right. As opposed to like, if the whole movie was action, I feel like you'd fall out of it halfway through. Or if the whole movie was just trying to be funny, like you might not be as engaged because there's not as much action. But like the shifts and the inclusion of both humor and action, I think really work well together. And I I have a lot of fun with the wedding scene. I, I know that some people might beg to differ. And I do think again, like it, it probably went a little long. Like I said, you could probably cut like five minutes out of every act of the movie and cut it down a half hour if you wanted to. Um, but I think that overall it was, it was super fun and I quite enjoyed it. So that's that. Um, yeah, really, really fun stuff. I think that those are like the main points I really wanted to touch on. Like I just wanted to touch all the things that I know people would criticize all the things that I personally really love and connect with all the messages that are communicated, um, about the beautiful, like that you can just connect to the body of Christ and you can connect to how we can move on from hard things in our lives and how we can be the hero when our moment comes. Um, but there's just, sometimes you have to wait for that moment. You can't just step into it. It's all about taking responsibility for others, sacrificing yourself for people, even if they've hurt you still being there for them, still being loved to them the way that Sonic was loved to Knuckles, even though Knuckles tried to kill him. Like you can pull so many messages out of the movie and you know, each viewing would give me a little bit of a very, um, a varied experience and like the humor is just great. Like I said, like Knuckles is such a funny character, especially at the end when he's like, Hey, do you put grapes in ice cream? Like, it's just super funny. Like it almost made me want to put grapes in my ice cream just to try it out. You know, I thought it'd be fun, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's the main thing. I think the Sonic movie two is probably going to be in my top 10 movies of all time. And, and I think something I was talking to myself about last night was just that 
I think there's a difference between your top 10 favorite movies and the top 10 best movies. Because is the Sonic movie 2 one of the top 10 best movies of all time? Probably not. But I think for me, it's it's one of my top 10 favorites. And it's, it's probably not the most perfect movie after seven viewings. Because like, like I said, there are those tonal differences. And there are like the extra 30 minutes that don't need to be there. And things that people could criticize about it. But because of, like, the way that it just adapts the video games of Sonic so well, it's, like, the first really, really good video game movie, in my opinion. Like, Sonic, the Sonic, the first Sonic movie was fine, and Detective Pikachu, some people thought it was good. I thought it was honestly really just creepy, some of the stuff at the end there, with, like, people turning into Pokemon. Like, that stuff was just really not my favorite. Like, I was not a fan of Detective Pikachu. But the Sonic movie 2 is, is the first video game movie that I really, really enjoyed. And as somebody who grew up as a lonely kid who played a lot of video games, like, this this was really, really meaningful to me. And the fact that they made a movie that wasn't just, like, action. It wasn't just, like, pandering. But it was also packed with these deep messages about responsibility, about being a hero, about waiting for your moment, and about moving on from brokenness. Like, the fact that it did all of those things in one movie and the fact that I saw it seven times. It's just it's always going to have a plus a special place in my heart. So I really love that. Um I guess I'll also just give a quick shout out to all of the people I saw the movie with. So round 1 I went by myself. Round 2 I went with my buddy Izzy. Round 3 I went with my friends Allie and Jordan. Round 4 I went with my sister. Round 5 I went with Mari and my friend Sydney. And round 6 I went with my friends Vince and Jackie and last night I just went with Dan and Will. So lots of people. A lot of them have been on the podcast too. Um so that's that's cool that I've just been able to see this movie in so many different settings, and I probably won't watch it again until it's like on Netflix or something, um, because going to the movie seven times is a lot. But it was it was just like so thrilling, man. Like I I loved it. I would do it again. I wouldn't do it again because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go over seven times. You know, seven's the number of perfection. But if I was if I had only gone six times, I would do the seventh time again. Like I would always do the seventh time because it's just it's so worth it to go seven times. You know, but. Yeah, so super great movie. I would recommend. Um, I think it'll hit deeper if you're a Sonic fan, I will say, because I think that not being a Sonic fan does make some of the lower stuff about the Master Emerald and things like that a little bit harder to understand. Um, but I think that it still will be entertaining. There will still be moments you laugh. I think another thing I just want to mention briefly too is, is Agent Stone. I think Agent Stone and even like Wade... Like, the human characters, I actually really think complement the movie well this time. Like, I think in the first movie, the whole movie is almost about the human characters and Sonic's just there. But, like, this movie really feels like it's about the Sonic characters and the humans are there. And the humans are way better as support than as leads, which is why the second movie works way better than the first. But they are really good supports. Like, Tom and Maddie and Rachel and Wade and Stone. Like, they all just bring something fun to the table and they make you laugh. Like, the jokes about... Um, like Wade, you know, having his friend in middle school named Knuckles and that could stick his fist in his mouth and like how that was scary to him. That stuff just like, it, it really gets you cracking up. You're like, what the heck? Who is this guy? And, and those moments are just so funny and they really bring the story together in a way that works super duper well. Um, so I love the human characters as well. And then of course we, we have to talk a little bit about the ending. So there's the post credit scene. And we have Shadow come out, right? Shadow the Hedgehog is going to be the star of Sonic 3. And 
I know this is like a big thing for a lot of people. Like when you're when I'm in the theater and they do this shadow reveal, like I would hear cheers a lot of the different showings where people would be like, "Yeah, Shadow's gonna be in the next one." For me, like I I, I could give or take Shadow. If I'm gonna be honest, like so Sonic Adventure Two is my main Sonic game growing up, and I was always more about Sonic Tales and Knuckles and the Hero story than about Shadow Rouge and Eggman and the Dark story. And like from what I can tell, the movie three is probably gonna be a very similar plot to Sonic. Adventure 2, um, which is one of my favorite video games of all time, which is what makes me a little nervous because I it's going to be harder to make a movie based on my favorite video game of all time. And so I hope they add in twists that aren't just like completely based on the video game for that one, because this was like this movie was based in video games, but it added so much of its own too, like where it was like it had the heart of the video games, but not the same story. So you could really connect with it in a new, unique way. And it felt like a unique experience to playing the games versus like, it seems like they're setting up the third movie to be very similar to the game. And I just hope it's different enough that it's still enjoyable because I like shadow, but his arc is similar to knuckles in the games where it's like, you know, he starts as a good or starts as a bad guy becomes a good guy at the end. And I don't want to see this, same story that knuckles had for shadow i i'm interested to see if they can do things differently enough to make it as good um but i do think that this movie was incredible i think sonic tales and knuckles characters were handled incredibly well um i think there were issues that you could you could nitpick and you could say i didn't enjoy it because of such and such but i think for me because of the deep messages and because of the comedy and because of the characters and because of the nostalgia all those reasons is one of my favorite movies of all time. So there you go. That's the Sonic movie too. I've been waiting to do this podcast for a while. And it's one of our shorter episodes. Because like there's not... I mean I could talk more. But I don't want to like go on forever. And today's my birthday. And so I'm actually about to go and spend some time with my buds Dan and Izzy and Allie and Jordan. And we're going to do some Jackbox games at their house. Maybe watch the sunset tonight. Which would be a lot of fun. Um, it's great that it's getting nice out. I'm actually recording this in my car. And it's just really good to be in a car. Recording a podcast on my own i haven't done in a hot second it's always a good time um so yeah really really enjoying it um i think that's pretty much all to be said for today though so tomorrow you guys can expect the baby boy bracket coming um and we will also spin the wheel i think this will probably be the last spin of the season because of dan's wedding coming up but we might have another spin so if you have any suggestions of something you want us to put on the wheel tomorrow let us know um and yeah, the next week we're going to be doing two scripture summaries. We changed the plan a little bit. It was originally to do Philippians, um, but our guests for Philippians kind of fell out and and we wanted to kind of stack the rest of the season with shorter books so that we can give more attention to books like Philippians in the future. So this season we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing Jude and Obadiah next week. So these are two books of the Bible that are just one page long. So these should be shorter episodes too, actually, which might be more digestible for you guys. Um, so yeah, you can expect Jude and Obadiah next week. And then our last scripture summary of the season is going to be Mark, where we're going to have our guest star Sydney on the show, which is going to be incredible. So three more scripture summaries, two more wheels, um, the baby boy bracket. And then we might do a finale too. I have to talk to Dan if we're, we're going to have time for it, but I would like to potentially do one more finale episode where we kind of just talk about... Um, just maybe do like a little bit of a retrospective and even just like get his last thoughts. Maybe do more of just like a let's share about our lives and give him the chance to talk about, you know, what it's like on the cusp of marriage because it's so close for him. And, you know, things are are changed forever when you're married. You know, it's a whole new life. And and it would be cool to do one last little episode, maybe a Q&A and 
just get his thoughts on what is it that he's anticipating, excited for, nervous about, and I think it'd be a good little close for the season, but but we'll see. We'll see what we decide to do for the finale. It could be something like that. It could be something else. We might end up just making the scripture mark episode, the finale. A lot of ways it could go, but for now, um, I have really enjoyed sharing with you guys about the Sonic movie. Hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. If you haven't seen it, go watch it because you'll love it. I hope you love it. Um, but until next time, keep the fire burning. <laughs>